What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Now, the greatest radio shows of all time. Suspense. The Shadow Node. Washington calling David Harding, counter-spy. Classic radio theater. The Great Gildersleeve. Fibber McGee and Molly. Dragnet. Gunsmoke. The Lone Ranger. Now, step back into our time machine with your host, Wyatt Cox. Good evening, friends of the Inner Sanctum. Well, you've made it to the middle of the week, and just because you made it that far, we've got another hour of great comedy. We will have Lamed Abner and the Hindu Healer. We will also have, earlier in the week, we had an episode of The Great Gildersleeve with Willard Waterman. We'll now hear the original Harold Perry in an episode from 80 years ago. And then we will hear another one of those amazing uh, master recordings of the Jack Benny Show from his final season, October 24th, 1954, 69 years ago. Can you imagine Jack, Don, and Dennis going to a drive-in movie? Well, they did. And we'll thank you for tuning in on this Wednesday, 24th day of October, 297th day of the year, 68 days left. Uh, it was on this date in 1861, the first transcontinental telegraph line across the U.S. completed, spelling the end for the 18-month-old Pony Express. Uh, by the way, here in Ely, Nevada, or I should say just to the north of Ely, Nevada, uh, the original Pony Express line ran through here, and uh, they do annual runs of the Pony Express, and it is a, a remarkable thing to see these people doing it. It's hard to imagine anybody wanting to do that today. In 1929, Black Thursday, stock market crash on the New York Stock Exchange, and that was the beginning of the Great Depression. Uh, the UN Charter took effect on this date in 1945, and in 1947, Walt Disney himself testified before the House Un-American Activities Committee. I, I don't believe it's a political party. I believe it's an un-American thing. And uh, the thing that, that I resent the most is that they 
are able to get into these unions and take them over, and I feel that, uh, that they really ought to be smoked out and shown up for what they are so that all the good free causes in this country, all the liberalisms that really are American can go out without this taint of communism. And you notice how Disney uh, separated liberalism from communism. And, and, you know, moderate liberalism is one thing, and we've had that for years. And yet the extreme liberalism and the communism that that uh, infiltrated it was not good. Disney, in that testimony on this date back in 1947, named Disney employees he believed to be communist. In 1952, on this date, General Eisenhower, then still a presidential candidate, pledged to resolve the war in Korea by going there. Where will a new administration begin? It will begin with its president taking a firm, simple resolution. That resolution will be to forego the diversions of politics and to concentrate on the job of ending the Korean War. That job requires a personal trip to Korea. Only in that way could I learn how best to serve the American people in the cause of peace. I shall go to Korea. You might say General Eisenhower took a page from the playbook of Harry Truman. Uh, President Truman would say the buck stops here. Well, General Eisenhower took the buck to Korea. The Korean War ended in 1953 after truce negotiations with communist China, a country at the time we did not recognize. In 1954, President Eisenhower pledged U.S. support to South Vietnam, preceding the entry into that other no-win conflict. In 1957, Queen Elizabeth II of England visited the U.S. to make a state speech before the United Nations. This assembly was born of the endeavors of countless men and women from different nations who, over the centuries, have pursued the aims of the preservation of peace between nations, equality of justice for all before the law, and the right of the peoples of the world to live their lives in freedom and security. Queen Elizabeth II, just 31 years old at the time, she would return to the United Nations 53 years later at the age of 84, back in 2010. The U.S. blockade of Cuba during the Missile Crisis began on the state in 1962 under a proclamation signed by President Kennedy. Actually, it was an executive order. Uh, 1973, the Yom Kippur War ended. 1977, Veterans Day observed on the fourth Monday in October for the seventh and last time. The holiday once again observed on November 11th, beginning the following year. Of course, the significance of uh, uh, November 11th being recognized as Veterans Day, and that was in 1977. The observance of Veterans Day on November 11th had quite a, a significance. Uh, the 11th month, 11th day of the 11th month at the 11th hour, 11-11. Uh, dealing with World War One, and uh, what for years was Armistice Day and did not become Veterans Day until the 50s, and I don't recall the exact year, I want to say 53 or 54, uh, through a movement 
that uh, went through Congress thanks to a Kansas congressman from my hometown of Emporia, Kansas. Uh, in 1989, Zsa, Zsa Gabor, on trial for slapping a police officer, stormed out of the courtroom in the middle of the district attorney's closing arguments. She ran straight to reporters, claiming she had been abused in the process. I am very disappointed. I can't believe in a country as great as ours that a six foot four policeman can beat up a lady of five foot four, uses dirty language like she was a streetwalker, beats her up. The other policeman lifts her skirt and says, I want to see if you're really Jessica Gabor and you still I am guilty. Of course, an extreme exaggeration. Gabor accused of slapping Officer Paul Kramer during a June 14th traffic stop. She had been pulled over for expired tags on her Rolls Royce. Now, as Officer Kramer checked for other violations, including having an open container of alcohol in the vehicle and an expired driver's license, Gabor just drove off. Now, when the officer chased her down, pulled her over again, Gabor slapped him, although she claimed she had... Uh, only acted in self-defense because, according to her, Kramer used excessive force in arresting her. She said her treatment by the police was like Nazi Germany. Uh, the courts didn't agree. Gabor convicted, sentenced to 72 hours in jail, 120 hours of community service, and $13,000 in fines and restitutions. Um, and, and let's face it, she got away fairly light. Because, uh, you know, she was expecting that uh, Hungarian privilege. Is that what it was? Yeah. Uh, 2002 police arrested spree killers John Allen Muhammad and Lee Boyd Malvo, ending the Beltway sniper attacks in the area around Washington, D.C. in 2002. 2003, the Concorde made its last commercial flight, bringing the era, era of airline supersonic transport to a close, at least for the time being. And, of course, the biggest problem with the supersonic transports was that uh, takeoffs and landings were so loud. And uh, the airports, there was not an isolated enough airport for SSTs to really succeed uh, and not cause a lot of problems in communities and broken windows and the like. 2004, an airplane carrying 10 members of the NASCAR Hendricks Motorsports team crashed en route to the race being held at Martinsville Speedway. Our team was really in hock, really out of money, and Rick Hendricks stepped up and funded the last half of my championship run in 1989. So really, Rick has more. He always jokes with me, he's got a half a championship in me. I'd give anything to that man. He's just wonderful. Loves his family, loves his friends, and uh, has had extreme success, and yet can sit down with you and, and talk about the smallest of things. And I think that's kind of the person we all want to be. And... Uh, you know, he's, he's certainly been somebody that I've looked up to for a long time. Drivers Rusty Wallace and Jeff Gordon in audio from NASCAR on NBC. All 10 people on board the airplane killed among the members of the Hendricks family, including John Hendrick, president of Hendrick Motorsports, and former Bush Series driver and owner Ricky Hendrick, and other members of the Hendrick family. There were no survivors in the crash. 2005, Hurricane Wilma made landfall in South Florida. 2007, Facebook sold a 1.6% stake to Microsoft for $240 million, spurning a competing offer from Google. 
In 2008, Bloody Friday saw many of the world's stock exchanges experience the worst declines in history with drops of around 10% in most indices. And was back in 2015, a driver arrested on suspicion of driving under the influence crashed into the Oklahoma State Homecoming Parade in Stillwater, Oklahoma. Four people killed, 34 injured. Among others passing on this date in history, we mentioned, of course, the Hendricks family. Uh, the man who broke the color line in baseball, Jackie Robinson. The creator of Star Trek, Gene Roddenberry. A fine voice actor for Hanna-Barbera, Don Messick. Activist Rosa Parks. Uh, actress, singer Maureen O'Hara. The man who sang some great songs, The Night Has a Thousand Eyes and Beautiful People, Bobby V. Uh, passing away on this date. Uh, ain't that a shame? Fats Domino passing away on this date. Uh, Benson, Robert Guillaume, the man who sang about Poke Salad Annie, Tony Joe White, and just last year, actor, writer, singer, Leslie Jordan, a fine man. And old, uh, I know of very few people. I, in fact, I know of nobody that has a bad thing to say about Leslie Jordan. Uh, let's see, birthdays on this date includes a man who really knew how to answer a phone. He was a DJ, but he was also a singer. Hello, baby. Yeah, this is the Big Bopper speaking. <laughs> oh, you sweet man. Do I want? Will I want? Oh, baby, you know what I like. Chantilly lace and a pretty face and a ponytail hanging down. Wiggle in the walk and a giggle in the talk. Make the world go round. There ain't nothing in the world like a big-eyed girl to make me act so funny. Make me spend my money. Make me feel real loose like a long-necked goose like a girl. Oh, baby, that's what I like. Yeah, the big bopper, J.P. Richardson, uh, passing away, of course, in that horrible plane crash with Buddy Holly. Uh, J.P. Richardson, born on this date uh, almost 100 years ago, born back in 1930. So I guess be, it would be uh, 97 years, no, 93 years ago today. Uh, let's see. And the son of Ozzy and Harriet, David Nelson. Among those still with us on this date, Oscar Award and Tony Award winner Kevin Klein, 76. Wrestling Observer writer, the man who uh, took uh, reporting wrestling rumors and news and made it profitable, Dave Meltzer, still running his empire at 64 years old today. R&B singer Monica, 43. Rapper Drake is 37. And from fresh off the boat, Hudson Yang, 20 years old today. Those just a few of the people who celebrate the 24th day of October as their birthday. And if this happens to be your birthday... Hi, we're the four freshmen, and we just want to say... Happy birthday to you! And we'll start off this hour by going back 69 years to a transcription of the master recording. What happened when they recorded... Before they edited it all up, the Jack Benny show that aired on this date back in 1954, October 24th, 1954, Jack, Don, and Dennis going to a drive-in movie. Can you imagine what that was like? That'll be coming up next when Classic Radio Theater with Wyatt Cox continues. Oh, baby, that's what I like. 
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Ladies and gentlemen, a long time ago it was written that man shall not live by bread alone. In this often quoted line from the Bible, bread is merely a symbol of all material values. And although we in America have the greatest material advantages in the world, they are not enough to bring us complete happiness. We must find that happiness in our spiritual as well as our material lives, in faith as well as bread. In America, one of our most precious heritages is the right to worship as we please, to know the spiritual pleasures of our churches and synagogues, the doors of your places of worship stand open to you and your religious leaders will welcome you to their services. They also offer you personal and family guidance and the opportunity to become a firm part of your community. Through our churches and synagogues, that community and the families within it can find stability. And as an individual, you can find the peace that only religion can bring. Thus, the religious organizations of America invite you to find yourself through faith and come to church this week. And in this time of turmoil, in this time of racism, anti-Semitism, why can't we all just get along? And what does it say that we quote a man who (laughs) was beaten in the Los Angeles riots? Rodney King, why can't we all just get along? Why can't we? Well, I'll shut up. I won't be political for the rest of the hour. Yeah, I know. Um, Let's go back 69 years. We got these rare recordings of uh, the original uh, recording sessions for the Jack Benny show. We got a number of them for the last couple of years. Uh, We've got a couple from the Phil Harris show as well, Phil Harris Alice Faye show, and we'll bring those to you as we have a chance. Uh, This runs a little long. Uh, this runs a few minutes long, so I hope you enjoy the extra material. Uh, this episode of the Jack Benny Show goes back, it was broadcast 69 years ago today, October 24th, 1954. Don't forget to laugh louder. <laughs> that is if you ever want to get in here again. The Jack Benny Program, transcribed and presented by Lucky Strike. The cigarettes, it's toasted to taste better. This is Don Wilson, friends. 
A Lucky tastes better because it's toasted to taste better. You see, better taste starts with fine, mild, good-tasting tobacco. L-S-M-F-T, Lucky Strike means fine tobacco. And then that tobacco is toasted. It's toasted is the famous Lucky Strike process that brings Lucky's fine tobacco to its peak of flavor. Tones up this naturally good-tasting tobacco to make it taste even better, cleaner, fresher, smoother. So, friends, remember that next time you buy cigarettes. And be happy. Go lucky. program starring Jack Benny with Mary Livingston, Rochester, Dennis Day, Bob Crosby, and yours truly, Don Wilson. As you know, ladies and gentlemen, Hollywood is the glamour capital of the world. And since Saturday night is the time your favorite stars get together for those gay parties you read about, Let's go back to last night and see what's going on in Jack Benny's Beverly Hills Mansion. Everyone sure seems to be having a good time, boys. Well, certainly they're having a good time. When you give your guests good food, a big orchestra, and the champagne flows like water, how can you miss? Yeah! Well, close the window, Rochester. We can't watch Ronald Coleman's party all night. <laughs> Big show-off. Close the window. Good. Now help me off this box. Yes, sir. And watch out for the binoculars. They're pretty long. I'll say they're long. Three times their butler announced Mr. Harold Lloyd. <laughs> Never mind, just help me down uh, yeah. You know, Rochester, I just can't understand it What, boss? Well, the Coleman's and I are next-door neighbors And when Ronnie first moved in, I used to go to all his parties But the last few years, he's had a dozen big affairs And I haven't received an invitation to a single one of them What do you suppose it could be? Maybe you lost your address <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, come on, let's finish our game of gin rummy. Okay, it was your turn to throw a card. Yeah. Let's see now. First you discarded the ten of clubs, then the three of spades, the six of hearts, the jack of diamonds, the eight of hearts, the five of spades. <laughs> What's so funny? It sure helps when you've got them written down. <laughs> Look, you play your way and I'll play mine hmm. I hate to break up my hand But this is the only safe card I can give you Here you are, the king of spades Jim! <laughs> are you lucky? Deal him up again Rochester, are you sure I didn't get an invitation to Coleman's party? Positive See, They must have sent me an invitation And got lost in the mail Excuse me a minute what are you doing, boss? I'm going to call the post office. I'm going to give them a piece of my mind. While you're about it, boss, tell them they didn't deliver the gas bill this month either. <laughs> <laughs> I 
your play, Rochester. <laughs> Gee, I got a pretty good hand this time. You'll need it. Why? I got gin. <laughs> Again? That's the most unusual I'll get it Hello? Oh, hello, is this Mr. Benny? Yes Well, this is Sherwood, Mr. Coleman's butler Oh, Sherwood, yes, 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 yes Yes, yes, yes Yes, yes Well, Mr. Coleman was a trifle embarrassed to even broach the subject of this late hour But we're having a party here I know, I know, 183 guests (laughs) Oh, I say, you've been on that box again (laughs) I'm such a devil, aren't I? (laughs) Uh, Well, at any rate, Mr. Coleman thought you might like to slip into your tuxedo and come over would I? I certainly, I, I, I certainly would, Sherrod. I'll, I'll be glad to come over. Uh, good, and remember, you serve from the left and remove from the right. <laughs> now look, Sherwood, I'm not waiting on tables for Ronald Cohen or anyone else. So goodbye. With all the nerve. They can keep their party. I'm just as happy here at home with you, Rochester. But, boss, I'm going out tonight. Going out? Gee, I thought you were going to stay with me. I'd like to, but I made plans to take the night off. But, Rochester, you were off last week. Oh, boss, you're not counting Tuesday night, are you? Why not? That's when I had my appendix taken out. (laughs) What's the difference? You didn't get home till three in the morning. whole night he wants for that. (laughs) Well, if he wants a night off, you better get started then. Okay, I'm going upstairs and put a tie on. Everybody wants time off. See, what'll I do with myself all night? There's only someone I could play cards with. I wonder if Remley's home. (laughs) Eh, he cheats. Gee, this is going to be a boring evening. Maybe I ought to wake up my parrot. Nah, she cheats too. I don't know what... Hello? Oh, hello, Mr. Benny. This is Dennis. Oh, Dennis. Uh, What do you want, kid? Uh, Nothing. Are you going to be home tonight? Yes, why? Well, I thought I might come over and visit you. Oh, wonderful, Dennis. Come on over. Are you sure you're going to be home? I'd hate to make the trip for nothing. Look, I'll be home all night. Come on. Okay, don't go away. Goodbye. Goodbye. I'm ready to go, boss, but if you really mind staying alone... It's all right, Rochester. Dennis just called. He's coming over to keep me company. Oh, that's nice of him. It sure is. Let's see, I wonder what I can serve him. Well, there's sandwich bread and some cold cuts in the refrigerator. Yeah, and Dennis has such a sweet tooth. Have we plenty of candy? Oh, yeah, we've got caramels, Tootsie Rolls, licorice, and some O. Henry bars. Oh, good. Shall I put them in the machine? (laughs) No, no, I can do it. You run along. Okay. Good night, boss. So long, Rochester. Gee, it's nice of Dennis to want to spend the evening with me. He'll sit around, he'll talk to me, discuss his problems. 
Drive me nuts. <laughs> Where's that bottle of aspirin? Oh, here it is. I'm glad I bought the large economy size. I can hit him over the head with it. <laughs> anyway, I'll be alone, so it'll be nice. Hmm. Now, who can that be? Oh, hello, Mr. Benny. Dennis. How'd you get here so fast? I was next door at the Coleman's party. <laughs> what? I would have got here sooner, but I walked. Now, look, Dennis, I'm in no mood for any silk... Shh, not so loud. If they find out I'm with you, they might let, not let me back in. You might not have got that line out, either. <laughs> look, Dennis, just because you got invited to the Coleman's and I didn't, you didn't, don't have to be such a big shot. Well, boy, it's sure some party. You don't know what you're missing. You were really having fun, huh? I'll say. Joe DiMaggio was dancing with Marilyn Monroe, and I cut in. Uh, how'd you make out? Not so good. Joe's too tall for me. <laughs> well, of all the... Hey, you ought to see all the big stars that are there. One of them was so snooty. What do you mean, snooty? Well, three times I talked to Harold Lloyd, and he didn't even answer me. <laughs> Dennis, look. And he's so peculiar. All of a sudden, he left through a window. Look, Dennis, we, you were having fun. Why don't you go back to your party? Well, don't you even want to hear my song for tomorrow's show? No, I don't. But it'll cheer you up. All right, all right. Go ahead and cheer me up. I've changed my mind. Dennis, sing that song! <laughs> okay, what a sore head. An Irishman will steal your heart away If he devil you and beguile you With his hullabaloo belay When that rogue turns on the brogue Your heart will go astray An Irishman, an Irishman Will steal your heart away An Englishman has manners or An Englishman has charm They say it's truly difficult To ruffle his aplomb He'll hold you and he'll kiss you But wherever he may be At four o'clock he'll have to stop for some of Commander Whitehead's Schweppepresence <laughs> But an Irishman An Irishman Will steal your heart away He'll be devil you And beguile you With his hullabaloo belay When the rogue turns on the brogue Your heart will go astray An Irishman An Irishman Will steal your heart away Italian men are fiery Marron Italian men are warm When they make love They make love With all the fury Over the storm Hey, but you can change the flame to ice and make them run for life. All you gotta do is eat a spaghetti with the knife. Le cavice. Oh, an Irishman, an Irishman will steal your heart away. He'll be devil you and beguile you with his hullabaloo belay. When the rogue turns on the brogue, your heart will go astray. An Irishman, an Irishman will steal your heart away. I Frenchman is romantic. Ah, the French of savoir-faire. When he makes love to you, it's always très, très debonair. <laughs> He'll say to you, toujours l'amour, my life on you depends. But <laughs> next day he'll be making love to two of your best friends. Oh, 
an Irishman, an Irishman will steal your heart away. He'll be devil you and beguile you with his hullabaloo ballet. When that rogue turns on the brogue, your heart will go astray. An Irishman, an Irishman will steal your heart away. The German man is steady. Ach, the German man is smart. Why, <laughs> oh, he'll come around and around again to win the Fraulein's heart. <laughs> but you can lose him easily and make him hide his face. When he comes around to see you, tell him, this is not the place. <laughs> oh, an Irishman, an Irishman will steal your heart away. He'll be devil you and beguile you with his hullabaloo ballet. When that rogue turns on the rogue, your heart will go astray. An Irishman, an Irishman will steal your heart away. Dennis, now that you've let me hear your song, go back to the Coleman's party before you drive me crazy, will you? And you can tell him for me that... Come in! Hi, Jack. Why, Donzy, come on in. What are you doing here, Don? Well, Jack, you know the little woman's out of town, so I just thought I'd drop by and see if you'd like to take in a movie with me. A movie? Gee, I'm glad you thought of it. That's a wonderful idea. I didn't have anything to do tonight. I've been to a movie in months. When did you get the passes? I don't have any passes. <laughs> well, then, why in the world would... Oh, well. All right, let's go. Maybe Dennis will go with us. Dennis? Where is he? He's standing under your stomach. <laughs> Dennis? Please don't laugh, Don. I'm too young to die. Dennis, you want to go to the movie with us? Sure, what's playing? Well, I was going to the Palisades Drive-In. They're showing that new English film there, Murder in Piccadilly. Oh, let's go there. And they've also got a surprise second feature. I hear they've had some great ones lately. Hey, I like that two feature. Gee, that sounds pretty good. I've never been to a drive-in. Let's go. Oh, hold it a second, darling. Hello? Hello, Mr. Benny. Benny, guess who is this? <laughs> now, let's see. Sir Cedric Hardwick? <laughs> no, guess again. Barry Fitzgerald? You're getting close. I'm getting close. Well, who is it? Mr. Kitzel. Mr. Kitzel, how come you said I was close when I said Barry Fitzgerald? He lives next door to me. Oh! <laughs> Well, it's nice of you to call, Mr. Kitzel. How are you? Currently, I'm out of danger. Out of danger? What was wrong? Nobody told you? No. <laughs> Did I hear the sea? Really? Yeah, first my rheumatism started acting up. Mm -hmm. Then I contracted a sciatic condition which had an adverse effect on my varicose veins. Mm -hmm. 
and simultaneously you hear yeah. I suffered from a streptococci throat. <laughs> I'm sorry to hear that. The Blue Cross is sorry. <laughs> I, I can imagine. Yeah. Mr. Benny, the reason I called is my brother-in-law, Benny, is visiting me, and I wondered if you could get him tickets to your television show next Sunday. For your brother-in-law? Yeah. Yes, I, I believe I can. Can you also get him tickets for Denny Thomas, Boynes and Ellen, Groucho Marx, Amos and Andy? <laughs> Let me see who else. Mr. Kitzel, you're certainly nice to your brother-in-law. It's a pleasure to get him out of the house. <laughs> oh. Also, could you get him tickets to Jackie Gleason's show? But that's in New York. Bless you, ha. I'll see what I can do, Mr. Kitzel. Goodbye. Goodbye, Mr. Benny. Goodbye. Well, come on, Don. Let's go to the movie. Okay. Come on, Dennis. Well, I gotta go now. Goodbye, Mr. Lloyd. Dennis, get away from those binoculars. Now, come on, fellas. My car's in the driveway. <laughs> I think we're getting near the drive-in theater There's a cowboy picture at the Strand Dennis, you'll go where we go You're only alone Oh, Jack, Jack, stop, the light's changing Okay Say, look who's in the car next to us Where? Why, it's the sportsman Hi, fellas hmm. <laughs> Hope you have a nice time, fellas A nice time? Where are they going, Don? Oh, don't you know, Jack? They're going away for the weekend Oh, hey, where are you going, boys? We're going to Gilly Gilly, us and Pepper, Cats and Ellen, Bogan by the sea. Oh, Gilly Gilly, Goss and Pepper. Yeah, it's a beautiful place. I've been there many There's times. There's a tiny house. There's a tiny house. By a tiny stream. By a tiny stream. Where a lovely lass. Where a lovely lass. Had a lovely dream. Had a lovely dream. And Gilly her Gilly. dream came true. And her dream came true quite unexpectedly. In Gilly Gilly, us and Pepper, Cats and Ellen, Bogan by the sea. Oh, it's a beautiful spot. She was out there, one so. day. She was out one day. Where the tulips grow. When a handsome lad. When a handsome lad. Stopped to say hello. Stopped to say hello. And before she knew. And before she knew. He kissed her tenderly. In Gilly Gilly, us and Pepper, Cats and Ellen, Bogan by the sea. The happy pair were married one Sunday afternoon. They left the church.
church and ran away to spend the honeymoon in Gilly Gilly. Tiny house, in a tiny house, by a tiny stream, by a tiny stream, where a lovely lad, where a lovely lad, hey Don, Don, there's a crowd gathering around us, and the last I heard, look at the crowd the on the street I here, they hear the boys they sing, still live happily. Oh, it's embarrassing. Now look at the whole in crowd Gilly, here. Gilly, now everybody, just repeat the words after me. Are you ready? There's a cigarette. There's a cigarette. LSMFT. LSMFT. It's the best smoke yet. It's the best smoke yet. Lucky strike for me. Lucky strike for me. To get better taste. To get better taste, it's toasted thoroughly. See you when you get back. See, I hope we get in at the start of the picture, fellas. Oh, theater's right in the next block. Yeah, there's a sign. Oh, turn here, Jack. You have to go up this winding driveway to the box office. Yeah, I've never been in a driveway before. Pull up to that man next to the booth, Jack. He'll give us our tickets. You made it. Huh? Ever since you left the street, I've been biting my nails. Now, look, I don't want any cracks about my car. Oh, is that a car? I thought it was a flying saucer that made a bad landing. Never mind. How much for the ticket? $2.40. That's 80 apiece. Here's the money, Jack Oh, keep it, Don I'm paying for this Oh, I want to pay for my share Oh, it's silly to split it up I'll pay for everyone But, Jack, you drove Now, let Dennis and me pay for the ticket No, no, I'm going to pay for it. Please let them pay I'm biting my nails again <laughs> No Here you are, mister Here's a five-dollar bill All righty Two forty out of five <laughs> That means two sixty Here you are Thank you Come on, Jack Drive inside Okay Hey, it sure is crowded here in this drive-in theater I don't see any empty spaces Well, why don't you follow that car in front of you? Yeah, he seems to know where he's going Okay You're following the wrong car That other one turned left He did not I'm doing the driving Back from the Grand Tour, eh? 
Who? Jack, you went all the way out and around the theater. Nobody listens to me. Well, hang on. I'm going back in. Hey, not so fast. That'll be 240, please. <laughs> what are you talking about? We paid you once. Well, don't get so huffy. It was Petso's money. <laughs> I don't care whose money it was. Instead of being so sarcastic, why don't you tell a fellow where we can park and see the show? <laughs> Section H, go there. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, Jack, I, I think I see a space in the next row. Yeah, better hurry before somebody else gets it. Okay, I'll get in there. Be a tight squeeze. Watch your side down. Here I go. Come on. Come on, plenty of room over here. Watch it. To the right, to the right, to the right. Come on, come on. Oh, hold it, hold it, hold it, Jack. To the left, to the left. You the just said the right! To the left! Now make up your mind! Uh, hey, you guys pipe down, will you? <laughs> huh? To the right, to the right, to the left, to the left! Now, Herman, don't make a scene! Oh, but Moidy, you think they were talking to Queen Mary? <laughs> now, look at hold it down, little fellas. Now, how am I on your side, Don? Fine, Jack. A little more, a little more. There, there, that's perfect. Now, let's all settle back and watch the movie. Gee, I don't like the angle from here. Why, what's wrong with it? Well, the actor on the screen has a pointed head. You're looking in the mirror. <laughs> Jack, I think we're a little too far to the side. Maybe we could get something more to the center. Look, I had enough trouble finding this face. I'm not moving, so forget it. I told you to pipe down. Now you woke the baby up. Oh, for goodness sakes. Quick, Herman, give her the milk. I can't. You made it too hot. Hold her, Herman. I'm holding her. I'm holding her. Hey, listen, you told me to be quiet. Now, how about you practicing what you preach? Look, you woke the baby up. All right, I'm sorry. I didn't intend to, and I apologize. We're all here to see a movie, so let's relax and enjoy ourselves. You want to be friends? Certainly. Okay, stick your hand out the window. All right, there. Ow! You see, Moidle, I told you the bottle was too hot. <laughs> you got a lot of nerve. You burned my Quiet! Hand. What do you want to do with the other kids? The other kids? Yeah, Billy, Tom, Ann, Susie, Dickie, and Irving are light sleepers. <laughs> and if they wake up, they'll disturb Katie, Alice, Melvin, Julius, and the twins. Now, how many children have you got? Who knows? It's dark in here. <laughs> now, come on, baby. Daddy's got you. Now, go to sleep now. <laughs> we had to come to a drive-in. I want to hear the picture. Don, roll down your window and get the speaker, huh? Okay. Here, I'll just hang it over the window ledge here. Oh, Abigail. Abigail, my darling, these moments with you are like a dream. Yes, Charles. I only live when we're together. Oh, hold me closer. Mm, how I love you, Abigail. But these secret rendezvous. What if your husband catches us? Oh, that's impossible. He's away for the weekend. Don, turn the speaker up a little. <laughs> it isn't on yet. That's the couple in the next car. <laughs> Oh, 
Oh, oh. There, it's on now. Well, Inspector, if I follow your thought, one of the gentlemen in this very room is the fiendish axe killer. Hey, this is exciting. Yeah, Abigail's kissing him again. <laughs> Watch the picture. Yes, Ray Braves, and you'll be astonished when I tell you that the name of the murderer is... Jack, Jack, stop blowing your horn. I'm not blowing it, it's stuck. There must be a short in the wire. Gee, I can't hear who the murderer is. I can't. Do something. Do something, Jack. I'm hitting it. It won't stop. Call the automobile club. I can't. They blackballed me. Watch out. I'll pull this wire. There. Gee, I'm so embarrassed. Again, I hope you're satisfied. Look, it was an accident. If you don't like being next to me, why don't you move? I should move. I should move. Did you hear that, Moidle? This joint comes in, bothers everybody, and he wants I should move. Of all of... <laughs> Quick, Moidle, hold the baby. I'm afraid I'll throw her at him. <laughs> Look, Jack, there's no sense staying here. Why don't you take that space over in the next row? Oh, maybe you're right, then. Some people just won't let you have a good time. Better go in here, Jack, next to this convertible. Oh, yeah, there's a spot there. There. Now, maybe we can enjoy the picture. Come closer, Cynthia. Your kisses do something to me. And yours thrill me, too. But, Robert, I worry so. What if your wife catches us? Impossible. Abigail thinks I'm out of town for the weekend. <laughs> The whole family is here. <laughs> I wonder if I should tell Abigail. Now, nah, why get involved? Look, look, they're about to start the surprise feature. Oh, good, the second feature. I turn up the speaker, Don. And now, ladies and gentlemen, the Palisades Drive-In takes pleasure in presenting another in our Saturday night series of surprise features. Oh, boy, I hope this is a good one. Warner Brothers presents The Horn Blows at Midnight. Well, what do you know? Hey, where's everybody going? Nobody's staying for the picture. What, Don? Don, come back. Dennis, the picture's not that bad. Abigail. Abigail, Cynthia. At least leave the baby. Come back. I don't care. I'm going to stay here and watch it all by myself. Jack will be back in just a minute, but first, a word to you smokers who are looking for better taste in a cigarette. Better taste, friends, is the prime concern of the makers of Lucky Strike. That's why a Lucky is made of fine, good-tasting tobacco that's toasted to taste even better. Yes, better taste begins with fine, light, mild tobacco, good-tasting tobacco. And then that tobacco is toasted. It's toasted, the famous Lucky Strike process, brings Lucky's fine tobacco to its peak of flavor, tones up this naturally good-tasting tobacco to make it taste even better, cleaner, fresher, smoother. So make your next garden lucky strike and be happy. Go lucky. 
It's me, Rochester. Boss, you're home early. Didn't they have a second feature at the drive-in? Yes, but most of the people left. Well, that doesn't make any difference. They're supposed to show it anyway. I know, but in the middle of the third reel, the projectionist committed suicide. <laughs> Good night, Rochester. I'm going to bed. But it wasn't that bad. From uh, October 24th, 1954, the Jack Benny program, 69 years ago today from their last season. Uh, we'll have uh, Harold Perry and the Great Gildersleeve coming up next. But first, I want to remind you to visit our webpage, classicradio.stream. That is classicradio.stream. And we'll be back with more following these important messages. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, believe by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details needs the comfort and inspiration of religious faith, for it is faith which helps hold our families together, builds moral and spiritual character. And today, perhaps more than ever before, there's a need to turn to a way of life based on the enduring principles of religion. There are a great many programs of religious nature on NBC Radio, which you'll enjoy hearing this Sunday. Among them, The Art of Living, The National Radio Pulpit, Eternal Light, the Lutheran Hour, the Catholic Hour, and the Hour of Decision conducted by Billy Graham. These are but a few of the broadcasts that will bring you inspiration and comfort not only this Sunday, but on the Sundays to come. Of course, the Easter message will be the highlight event this week. We know you'll enjoy hearing them as a supplement to your visit to the church of your choice. And when you do go to church this Sunday, take the whole family with you. Now on Classic Radio Theater with Wyatt Cox, we are going to have an episode of The Great Gildersleeve starring Harold Perry. This one goes back 80 years to October 24th, 1943, right in the middle of the war. And there are problems with the water pressure in uh, Summerfield. Kraft presents The Great Gildersleeve. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Kraft Cheese Company will also bring you Bing Crosby every Thursday night. Present each week at this time Harold Perry as The Great Gildersleeve, written by John Wheaton and Sam Moore. We'll hear from The Great Gildersleeve in just a moment. These next few days, many of you will be making plans for weekend Halloween parties. And if you're planning to serve sandwiches, or perhaps waffles, muffins, or piping hot biscuits, here's a way to really please your guests. Serve your baking treats with delicious parquet margarine. Spread your sandwiches with this quality margarine made by Kraft. Parquet has a pleasing aroma and a delicate flavor that is sure to delight your most critical guest. In fact, parquet is winning new friends everywhere for the delicious flavor it adds to other fine foods. Parquet not only tastes good, 
It's nutritiously good for you, contains vitamin A, and each pound of parquet provides 9,000 units of important vitamin A for good nutrition. Besides, parquet is an excellent energy food. This grand-tasting, nutritious spread for America's bread requires only four ration points a pound. So delight your guests at Halloween, please your family every day with delicious, nourishing parquet. That's P-A-R-K-A-Y. Parquet margarine made by Kraft. On to Summerfield in the Great Gildersleeve. It's been a long day. Things were busy at the water department, but it's over now, and the commissioner homeward plods his weary way. As he comes up the front walk, dusk is falling and the windows are aglow. Stepping over an upturned rake and kicking aside Leroy's roller skates, he enters the house and pauses to survey a pretty picture of contentment. Bertie is in the dining room setting the table. Leroy is sprawled in front of the fire gnawing an apple. On the couch lies Marjorie in a gentle swoon, listening to the radio. Mommy, to tell me now what makes the world go wrong. A uh, happy little well, family. at the sight of you, my heart begins to pound and pound. Oh, what am I to do? Leroy, you just spoil it. Can I be with you uh, Sunday? Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Leroy, Friday, Saturday, Leroy. Oh, hi, Unc. When did you get home? Turn off the radio, Marjorie. (sighs) Leroy, haven't you anything better to do than tease your sister? No. I mean, sure. Then do it. Bertie, how long before dinner? Most any time now, Mr. Gillsleeve. I'm just waiting on a potato. Uh, what are we having, Bertie? Oh, something you like. That's a little indefinite. I like a lot of things. Don't worry, you're going to have a lot of things. Oh. Well, it wouldn't be something with dump... Well, let it go. Leroy, I've told you not to play with fire. Why aren't you doing your homework? Well, gosh, Unc, it doesn't make any sense. What doesn't? The homework she gave us. I don't get it. That's because you haven't tried. What's the assignment? It's a composition. How my uncle earns his living. Isn't that silly? (laughs) Not at all, young man. I think that's a very good subject. I think every boy should know what it means to have to earn a living. Every girl, too, Marjorie. Uh, What? I say I think children ought to know the meaning of hard work. It might teach them a little respect for money. Well, Uncle Mort, the only reason I went over my allowance... Yes, I know, I know. The same thing every week. Let me ask you something. Have you any idea what I have to do to earn our daily bread? Well, I know you're water commissioner. Yes, but have you any conception of what that means? Means you get free water. (laughs) You get free nothing. Nothing in this world is free, young man. And the sooner you find out about it, the better. I'll tell you what I'll do. Tomorrow's Saturday. I'll give you both a treat. I'm going to take you down to the office with me and show you what goes on there. Then you can come home, Leroy, and write about it. Oh, boy. Uh, Huh? Yes, sir. I'll show you the whole thing from start to finish. I'll show you how a well-run waterworks should be conducted. I'll show you how he maintains service 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. Sunday, Monday, and always. Hop out, Leroy. Well, it was nice of you to drive us down, Judge. Glad to do it. I was coming anyway. Marjorie, allow me. Thank you, Judge. Now, this, of course, is the City Hall, children. I suppose you've been here before. Only about a million times. Perhaps you'd like to show me around. Uh, Open the door for your sister. 
What is she, helpless? <sighs> after you, Judge. Oh, after you, Throckmorton. No, you go ahead. You first. Well. Make up your mind. Well, make up yours. <laughs> Let's all go out and come in again. Uh, now, on this floor, we have various departments. There's the office of the school board. I'd like to lay a bomb there. Never mind. <laughs> Department of Health, Department of Sanitation, and down at the end of the hall is where Judge Hooker has his chambers. What goes on there? Things you wouldn't believe. <laughs> Nothing to what goes on in the water department. The water department, Judge, is a smoothly functioning, highly efficient organization, as I'm about to demonstrate to these children. Mind if I join the tour? Why? Well, you make it sound so fascinating. Uh, I don't know what your game is, Judge Hooker. Go ahead, Leroy. Not very big, is it? The size of a man's office, young man, does not indicate the importance of his position. Besides, this is only the outer office. Your uncle's office is even smaller. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> now, keep your eyes open, Leroy. You have to write about this, you know. First, the various members of the organization. My secretary sits there. Where is she? Uh... She must have stepped out. Then there's the meter reader. That's his desk. Where's he? Reading meters. <laughs> and out at the pump house, there's Charlie Anderson, the engineer. Over here, children, we have the files. This is the water cooler, uh, pencil sharpener, hat rack, wash basin, and so on. Fascinating. Uh, oh, here she is. Children, I want you to meet my private secretary, Miss, uh, Miss, uh, her name's Bessie. Hello. Hi. Hello. Oh, Mr. Gildersleeve, am I ever glad to see you. This man has been calling up every five minutes. The worst nuisance. What does he want? I don't know. He wants to speak to you. I finally just told him, I said, Mr. Gildersleeve is a very busy man. Quite right. I said, if you have anything to say to Mr. Gildersleeve, you'll just have to write him a letter. That was very good, Bessie. Oh, but he was so mad. The things he said. Uh, probably some crank. No, I think he was an Indian. An Indian? Yes. He called himself Chief uh, Rosecrans. Rosecrans? Rosecrans is the fire chief. No wonder he was burned up. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Get him on the phone. No, don't. What did he want? I don't know, Mr. Gildersleeve. He just kept hollering at me about the water pressure. What about the water pressure? He said there wasn't any. Oh, that Bessie. I'm going to have to let her. Marjorie, turn on the faucet there in the wash basin. Who says there's no water? Well, it's no rushing torrent. Well, what do you want? Something will splash all over you every time you turn it on? Gildy, old man, do you remember how you got into this office? What do you mean? Remember when Clanahan was commissioner here? Yes, and I'll match my record with his any day. Do you remember how you started a petition against him because the pressure was always low? That was different. There happens to be a war on now. <laughs> get out of here, you old rooster. Bessie, get me Charlie Anderson out at the pump house. Yes, sir. I don't know why I ever took this job. Always somebody finding fault. Something wrong, Unc? Oh, no. Everything is peachy, Leroy. Mr. Gildersleeve calling. Just a minute, please. Here, give it to me. Hello, Charlie. This is Mr. Gildersleeve. Who? G Gildersleeve. What's happened to the pressure? Can't hear you. I say this is Gildersleeve. What's happened to the pressure? Oh, Dad busted. Speak up. Well, stop hollering and listen. I can't hear you. Wait to turn off the pump. Oh, wait a minute. Don't do that, Charlie. Whatever you do, don't turn off the pump. Now, you stay where you are. I'll be right out there. Oh, I've got to go. i got to get out to the reservoir. But how will you get there? We didn't bring the car. I'll use the judges. You got the key, Judge? Well, wait a minute. Thank you. Come on, Leroy. Hey, what about my A tickets? What about them? <laughs> Charlie! Uh, Charlie Anderson! I don't hear him. Come on, he must be in the pump house, Leroy. Boy, what a racket. 
Hey, Uncle Charlie. Well, what do you want? Come up here, will you? What for? Can't you see I'm busy? I want to talk to you for a minute. Oh, all right, Dad. Bust it. Talk, talk, talk. That's all anybody does around here. See, that's all anybody does. Some darn fool called me up a little while ago, wanted to know what is the matter with the pressure, darn fool. The darn fool was me. Oh, well, it still goes. <laughs> and I still want to know what's wrong. Come on outside, Charlie, where we can talk. Now, what's the trouble with the pressure? Well, what do you think it is? You got eyes, ain't you? You got ears. It's that dead-busted snister valve. Can't run the pump only half speed. Why not? Because all that's holding it together is a piece of bailing wire. That's why not. Well, can't you... No! Well, maybe you... No, could... can't do a dad-busted thing. Now, look here, Charlie. You may be running the pump, but I'm running the waterworks. Mr. Gildersleeve, if you don't like the way I run the pump, you can get yourself another boy. <laughs> now, be reasonable, Charlie. If you needed a new part for the pump, you should have called it to my attention long ago, before it became an emergency. Why, Dad Busted, I sent you a requisition for that snifter valve three months ago. I never saw it. Holy Toledo. No requisition for any snifter valve ever reached me. Sure it did, Aunt. What do you know about it? Well, don't you remember that time you tried to stand on your head at the picnic? <laughs> him stand on his head? Yeah, Mrs. Ransom dared him to. Leroy. Well, you did, and everything fell out of your pocket. And then there was this paper. I remember because I asked you what a snifter valve was. I don't see how that could possibly be, Leroy, because, well, I never carry important papers around with me, or if I did, it must have been something, and, well, there's a war on, you know. What a character. <laughs> That's your boy, Mr. Gildersleeve. He's my nephew. A darn sight smarter than you are. Yeah. <laughs> Chip off the old block, yeah. <laughs> Charlie, you got to help me out here. We got to get that water pressure up some way. It's going to look bad. Mr. Gildersleeve, if I was to put a full head of steam onto that snifter valve, she'd blow from here to Christmas. How do you know? You haven't tried it, have you? Of course I ain't tried it. What do you think? Well, couldn't you sort of humor it a little bit, you know? Speed it up little by little. See how much it'll take. Mr. Gildersleeve, before I put another pound of steam onto that donkey engine, I'll quit. Yes, sir, you can get yourself another boy. Yeah, all right, boy. Now, keep your shirt on. Just show me how, and I'll do it myself. Show you how? Well, it's got to be done, Charlie. We've got to get the pressure up some way, and right away. Oh, all right, I'll try it. But remember, if she blows, she blows. If she blows, she blows. Uh, I must be getting soft in the head. Come on. Be careful now, Charlie. It's a fine time to tell me that. Keep an eye on that pressure gauge while I open her up. Yeah, let her go. Yeah, that's the stuff. What's the gauge say? 245. She's coming up. 250. 260. 270. Great work, Charlie. Keep it up. 280. 290. Bingo! Now, look what you did. <laughs> Look what I did. I quit. You can get yourself another. Why, Dad, blame it. I did it on your orders. Well, if you haven't got sense enough not to take orders from somebody who doesn't know the first thing about pumps, you ought to quit. Oh, what a character. <laughs> and watch out or I'll get myself another boy. <laughs> Greg Gildersleeve will be with us again in just a few seconds. Who doesn't remember those good old Halloween parties when the whole family bobbed for apples and gobbled up huge fistfuls of crispy, crunchy popcorn? 
Now, if everyone in your family likes popcorn as much as I do, try this at your Halloween get-together. Pop up an extra big bowl full, heaps and heaps of it. And to make it taste extra good, drench that popcorn with melted parquet margarine. Mmm, there's a way to really enjoy popcorn with delicious parquet. Of course, most everyone likes delicious, satisfying parquet margarine spread on bread, rolls, pancakes, and waffles. That's how it's enjoyed most often, as a delicious spread. Parquet is wonderfully nourishing, too, one of the best energy foods you can serve. And remember, each pound of parquet contains 9,000 units of important vitamin A. Parquet bears the seal of acceptance of the Council on Foods and Nutrition of the American Medical Association. So tomorrow, get Parquet, P-A-R-K-A-Y, the quality margarine made by Kraft. Now let's hurry back to the great Gildersleeve. A king without a kingdom, a horseman without a horse, an organ grinder without a monkey, all these are well-fixed fellows alongside of a water commissioner without any H2O. But this is the plight in which our hero finds himself now as he sits in his office listening while his emergency staff handles the complaints of Summerfield's bone-dry citizens. Water department. Service will be resumed as soon as possible. Water department! It's due to circumstances beyond our control. Service will be resumed as soon as possible. Water department? Circumstances beyond our control. The commissioner is in conference. Service will be resumed at our earliest convenience. Bertie, that's not what I told you to say. Oh, I'm sorry, Mr. Gillsleeve. Oh, no, sir, Mr. Gillsleeve ain't here. I'm sorry, sir, I can't answer that. No, sir, I ain't his secretary, I'm his cook. Bertie, give me that telephone. Yes, sir. I told you this was a little out of my line, Mr. Gillsleeve. Yeah, never mind, Bertie. Hello, Gildersleeve talking. Oh, hello, Your Honor. Jeepers, the mayor. Uh, well, I, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, huh? Uh, oh, <laughs> oh <laughs> uh, yes, Your Honor, I'll be over right away. Oh, I gotta go see the mayor. Uh-oh. I'll be back in a few minutes. Water department. Say, do I have to stay here all afternoon? Leroy, don't you want to help me? What else have you got to do? I've got to write my composition on how you make your living. Well, don't write it today. By tomorrow, I may be in another line of work. <laughs> Sit down, Gildersleeve. Uh, thank you, Your Honor. Well, Gildersleeve, you certainly turned out to be a fine water commissioner. Your Honor, this was due to circumstances beyond my control. I'll do the talking. Uh, I just want to give you a little advice. Thank you. If this town stays dry about two hours longer, you'll probably be ridden out of it on a rail. But, Your Honor, it wasn't my fault. No? No, sir. It was due to circumstances beyond my control. In the first place, my chief engineer is incompetent. That's nothing to me or to the public. If your engineer's no good, get another one. I've looked all over town. There aren't any. Then you'll have to get along with the one you got. I can't do that, Your Honor. Why not? Well, in the first place, he used unbecoming language to me. I don't blame him. And in the second place, he quit. Gildersleeve, you're dumber than I thought. I am not. Yes, you are. Now, I don't care how you do it, but get that water running this afternoon. Yes, Your Honor. Uh, why did I ever get into politics? I could have had a nice, quiet life selling insurance or ladies' stockings. Uh, hello, Charlie. I came... <laughs> why, you... Uh, Charlie! Charlie! Uh, 
please, Charlie. I want to talk to you. I've got to talk to you. What's for, Dad Busted? Uh, well, I want to apologize. What? I want to apologize. I want to... Apologize. <laughs> well, that's different. Let's hear it. Well, I'm sorry I said those things to you, Charlie. Will you come and fix the pump? No. Might have known there was a catch to it. Yeah. Will you come back, Charlie? Please. No, Mr. Gildersleeve. I'm darned if I will. Charlie, this is an emergency. Summerfield is depending on me. They are. Completely. Well, all I got to say is anybody depends on you is a darn jackass. Yes. <laughs> now, Charlie, let's try to discuss this in a dignified manner. There ain't anything to discuss, Mr. Gildersleeve. Now, look here, Charlie. I can probably take legal action in a case like this. Well, go ahead and take it. Judge Hooker is a pretty good friend of mine, you know. All right, let him fix the pump. Yes. That was not my idea. I'll get him to... Yeah, darn telephone. Yeah. Covered with phone is some darn jackass is always calling up. You don't have to tell me. Hello, yes. Yes, this is Anderson. Oh, well, I can't do anything about it. The pump's busted. I... Huh? Now, wait a minute, wait a minute. I've got to have it for dinner tomorrow. Oh, well, all right, doggone it. Goodbye. Well, Mr. Gildersleeve, I guess I got to try to fix that darn pump after all. Great, Charlie, great. I knew your civic pride wouldn't let Summerfield down. Civic pride, my elbow. My wife's lady's got to have water tonight, or I don't get a shirt for the elk's dinner. Oh. Now, if you'll just stand right about here, Commissioner. Uh, here? Yes, yes, that's fine. Now, if you could just uh, say a few words into the microphone, please. Just testing, you know. Testing. Uh, uh, <clears throat> Lady. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen. Fine, fine. You'll be all right, Commissioner. Now, we'll just stand by. Stand by. What does that mean? Shh, quiet, quiet. Could you do? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we bring you at this time Summerfield's Water Commissioner, who has an important message for us regarding the crisis in the water supply. Mr. Throckmorton P. Gildersleeve. Uh, hmm. Thank you. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, due to circumstances beyond our control, the water's been off for several hours. <laughs> uh, this was caused by difficulties over priorities due to the war. Uh, that is, we were unable to secure a certain type of valve which our water pump required. Yes, yes, Al. That clears up the situation nicely, Commissioner. Thank you. Now, would it be possible for you to make an estimate at this time uh, regarding when service may be resumed? Oh, yes. Yes. Uh, I'm happy to say that a corps of skilled engineers is now working on the pump under my personal supervision, and we confidently expect service will be resumed in the near future. In the near future. Fine, fine. Well, I'm sure that's very good news for our listeners, Commissioner. And I want to thank you for coming up here to WSUM for this timely interview, Throckmorton P. Gildersleeve. Oh, oh thank you. <laughs> yes. I, I would like to say again that this breakdown was due to circumstances... Thank you very much, Commissioner. Uh, we continue now with our out-of-state football scores, ladies and gentlemen. Crowley Teachers, 85. Christian Aggies, nothing. Football scores, that's radio for you. Dad busted, Commissioner. Can't you hold it any tighter than that? Well, I'm sorry, Charlie. Things pretty slippery, you know. Let me hold it for a while, Unc. No, Leroy. This requires great physical strength. <laughs> Leroy. I didn't say anything. Uncle Charlie, what's this thing here? Don't bother him, Leroy. Say, Charlie... I hate to bring this up again, but have you any idea how soon? No, Dad Busted, I haven't. Well, you're the superintendent here, and in my radio speech, I promise... I don't give a triple hoot what you promised. I'm doing the best I can. But if I ain't fast enough for you, Dad Busted, go get yourself another superintendent. Yeah. 
Oh. <laughs> well, I, I was only joking. <laughs> What's this thing down here, Uncle Charlie? I told you not to bother him, Leroy. I'm not bothering him. I just asked a simple question. You asked too many simple questions. Okay, if you don't want me to write my composition, it's okay with me. I just don't want you to bother Charlie. Now, what is it you want to know? Well, what's this thing here? Uh, that? <laughs> Funny, isn't it? That's, that's part of the pumping machinery. Oh, what's it for? I don't know exactly. It has something to do with the pressure, I think. What is that for, Charlie? It's a shaft, Governor. Keeps the pump running smooth and steady. Oh, yeah, that's about what I thought. <laughs> <laughs> what are you laughing at? Oh, nothing. I just happened to think of a joke I heard one time in the vaudeville show. Uh, what was the joke, Uncle Charlie? Leave him alone, Leroy. He ain't bothering me. <laughs> i tell you what, Commissioner. If you could give me a hand at this thing now, we might see if she'll go on. You mean we're almost finished? No, no, but we can see if she fits anyway. Oh, fine. Now, what is it you want me to do? Can you get down there under them stuffing boxes? Certainly I can. Where are they? Down there. Kind of dirty. Better put on them overhauls hanging on the hook. Oh, oh yes, yes. Here they are, Uncle. Thanks. Uh, little greasy. They ain't greasy inside. Oh. Now, you you get under there, and I'll hand this thing right down to you. Yeah, all right, Charlie. <laughs> Dark down here, isn't it? Well, you get used to it. Now, lay down under that there stuffing box. Yeah. I have to lie down? Yes. Okay. Well, I'll try. Oh! What's the matter, Ron? My head hit that darn whatchamacallit. That's the shaft, Governor. I don't care what it is. Well, can you make it out of there? Well, uh, partly. Okay. Now grab a hold of the end of this. You got it? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Now, now feel around underneath, right where your shoulder is, and you'll find a little hole. Yeah. Hook the pin bolt into that hole. Yeah. What's the matter now? My head's in a puddle of oil. <laughs> well, it washes off easy. Can you get that pin bolt in? Yeah, I'm trying. There. All right. Now, hold her in tight while I fasten the valve at this end. Then she'll be solid. All right, but hurry up. Keep your shirt on, Dad. Bust it. Hand me that wrench there, will you, son? Here. What was that joke you remembered, Uncle Charlie? Well, don't be telling jokes while I'm down here like a rat in a trap. Uh, all right, all right. There, now. That feels pretty solid. That's more than I do. Can I come out now? Yeah, sure, I guess so. All right, Charlie. <laughs> what do we do now? Well, I'll be dead blamed if I know. This is the first time I ever made a snifter valve out of a coffee grinder. Oh? Well, do something. Man, we could try starting her if you want to take a chance. Go ahead. All right, here goes. But you've been wrong before. Never mind that. Uh, stand back, Leroy. Don't worry. Well, Dad busted. I'm a better engineer than I thought. Charlie, you're the greatest engineer in the world. Well, Judge... I got out of a nasty hole yesterday, didn't I? You did, Gilly. You asked me, you were pretty lucky. Lucky? What do you mean? I was pretty smart. It was my idea to give that interview on the radio. 
Gave the public the right impression of the whole thing. All right, all right. You were smart. Yeah. Why, of course he was. Uncle Mort's always smart. Well, we needn't go into that. Yeah. <laughs> you can't get my goat today, Horace. But you're right, Marjorie. Yeah, they got to get up pretty early in the morning to catch your Uncle Throckmorton. Yes, sir. I could erect my career as easily as not. Hi, Judge. Hi, Unc. Hello, beautiful. Stop that. Leroy, I've asked you not to slam the front door. Oh, sorry, Unc. I forgot. What do you think? What? My composition was voted the best in the class, and they're going to print it in the Summerfield Indicator tomorrow. Well. Congratulations. Is this on the level, Leroy? Sure. You want to hear what I wrote? I'd love to hear it. Okay. Uh, chip off the old block. <laughs> My uncle's occupation. My uncle is a water commissioner, and he has a very difficult position, which he carries out with great efficiency, supplying water to the people of Summerfield. Uh, that's fine, Leroy. Not so bad, eh, Horace? Splendid, splendid. He has to see that everyone gets water in their house or their place of business, which is very complicated. Very complicated. Oh, that boy writes with real style, by George. <laughs> in addition, my uncle supervises all of the machinery that filters the water and pumps it into the pipes, and he has to see that the pipes are in good condition. People don't realize what a difficult occupation my uncle has. Yes, sir, the boy is right. The reason the water was off yesterday was just because he left a requisition in his other pants. Leroy! <laughs> the end. The end is right. <laughs> <laughs> Young man, you've got an awful nerve to talk about Christmas after what you've done today. Now, go away and let me read my newspaper. Well, gee, I wish I knew how I could make some money. Mow the lawn. It doesn't grow anymore. Rake the leaves. Gee, that's a lot of work. I told you, Leroy, you don't get anything for nothing in this world. Here, wait a minute. Here's something. For nothing? Well, practically. Now, here's a way to make some money. Collect old newspapers, and the junk dealer downtown will give you $15 for a ton of them. $15? Hey, that's a lot of money. Yeah, but a ton is a lot of paper. Nonsense. You and your friends could collect it in a couple of afternoons. I'll bet there's 100 pounds of old newspapers in our basement right now. Boy, maybe Piggy and I could make some real money. Sure. Collect newspapers, magazines, wrapping paper, paper bags, all kinds of paper. But we need a wagon. Get an old baby carriage, Leroy. <laughs> Tie the papers up in neat bundles, and the junk man will come and get it. Boy, we'll be rich. Well, not rich. But the money isn't the main thing anyway. It's the Army and Navy that need the paper. What for? For all kinds of things. Let's see. It says here, uh, waste paper is used to make containers and cartons for food, supplies, and equipment needed at the front. A hundred pounds of waste paper will make containers for 50 75-millimeter shells. Gee. Waste paper is used to make bomb fins, parachute flares, camouflage paper, cartons for field rations, fuses, helmets. It's even used to pack blood plasma. 
So you see, every time you collect a load of paper, my boy, you're not only making money, but you're backing up the Army, Navy, and the Marines all over the world. I'm talking to you, too, ladies and gentlemen. Good night. Music heard on this program was directed by Claude Sweet. This is Ken Carpenter speaking for the Kraft Cheese Company. And inviting you to listen again next Sunday for the further adventures of the great Gildersleeve. This program has come to you from Hollywood. This is the National Broadcasting Company. Yes, recycling was going on 80 years ago, October 24, 1943. The Great Gildersleeve on Classic Radio Theater with Wyatt Cox. Our webpage is classicradio.stream, where you can stream our shows, learn about building a classic radio collection of your own. You can contact me there, find our social media links, and if you'd like to support our broadcast, you can buy me a copy there. That's at classicradio.stream. Coming up next, we'll go to Pine Ridge, Arkansas, and see what's going on with the not-broke leg of Lum Edwards in Lum and Abner. Have you ever asked a naturalized American how he or she feels about the business of voting? If you have, it's probably given you a whole new slant on the matter. To those men and women who were born in other countries, the right to vote is a precious privilege, and they line up before the voting booth on Election Day with the same high sense of pride and responsibility that one might feel upon being awarded some rare degree. Actually, the right to vote should give us all the same heady thrill. It is we, you and I, who determine the course of our country and the conditions of our own lives with those votes we cast on Election Day. Just one reminder, make sure your opinions will be counted. Make sure you cast your vote by being very sure to register. Registration days differ in varying localities. Check on the time in your community and get your name on the rolls. Then take advantage of all of America's media of communication for informing yourself on the issues involved. And then when Election Day comes, go to the polls with pride and responsibility and vote. We'll have Western Adventure on tomorrow's Classic Radio Theater with Wyatt Cox with an episode of Have Gun, Will Travel starring John Daner. We'll have an episode of The Six Shooter starring Jimmy Stewart and an episode of Claudia. So Western Adventure and Rural Adventure, that'll be Rural Amusement, that'll be coming up tomorrow. Right now, let us head to Pine Ridge, Arkansas for some real rural amusement from 82 years ago, October 24, 1941, Lum and Abner. When Lum appealed to Squire Skimp to not tell the insurance company about his phony broken leg, the Squire came through with a plan to save Lum. For a slight charge of only $500, the Squire would send for his friend, Prince Alukush, a Hindu miracle man of rare powers. The Prince would come to Pine Ridge, work his magic, and to all outward appearances, Lum's leg would be healed, and he could throw away his crutches. As we look in on the little community today, we find Lum and Abner in their Jotham Down store, Lum excited over the prospect of a prince coming to town. Listen. Oh, it's the greatest idea I ever heard of. Granny, that Squire Skimp can study up more ways to get out of something than anybody i ever seen in my life. Well, I expect he's had enough e- experience getting himself out of scrapes. There's a feller that's made a living for years with one shady deal after another. All is just barely inside the law on everything he does. Well, there ain't nothing crooked about this, though, Abner. Nobody ain't going to be heard. No. This Prince Alibi, something or other he calls himself, is... 
supposed to have some kind of power of curing folks. So he's just going to cure my broke leg so I can throw away these crutches and take them bandages off my leg so folks here in town won't catch on that my leg ain't sure enough broke. Yeah, it's a good idea, all right, I reckon. Kind of unhonest. Well, I've got to do something. I can't stay on these crutches for no three months. No, no, well, I guess it's all right. I just hate to see you get mixed up in anything with Squire Skim. Get mixed up with him? Well, he's doing me a favor. Getting me out of this whole thing. He could have sent me to the penitentiary. Putting in a claim to an insurance company when my leg weren't broke. Well, if it had been me, I believe I'd have just writ the insurance company and explained the whole thing to him. Yeah, and that'd have made Squire mad, and he'd tell everybody in town my leg ain't broke. Well, let him tell it, why don't you? I can't, Abner. I've carried it too far now. The first day or two, I might could have did it, but not now. I'd lose every friend I got in town, special after everybody being so nice to me, sympathizing and all. Well, it's your business. Do as you like about it, Lon. I thought this was a good idea. Thought you'd be for it. Oh, well, I am, I reckon. I'm just natural, a little jubilous about anything that Squire Skimp has something to do with. Oh, I'll watch him. Don't you worry about that. But he seems to be awful anxious to help me any way he can. Even talked the prince down to $500 on the job. Down to $500? How much did he want to start with? Well, I don't know, but them princes can't be running around over the country for nothing, you know. Well, that seems like an awful lot of money to me. It is a lot of money, but it's a heap cheaper than going to the penitentiary. Cost me might not that much to hire a lawyer to fight the case for me. Yeah, I guess you're right. Well, uh, when's the prince going to get here, Lom? Well, Squire said this morning he'd be here the first of the week. He's got to find somebody to look after his restaurant for him while he's gone. Restaurant? Yeah, he's retired from being a Hindu miracle man. Runs a restaurant there in Kansas City, Missouri now. A prince running a restaurant? Yeah, it does sound funny, don't it? Yeah. I asked Squire about that. He said the prince was just doing this for a hobby. Hobby? Yeah, he wants to meet the great middle class so he'll know how to rule his people better when he gets to be a Majaraja or something. What's that? It's a king or... That's what the Hindus call their king. Well, I'm sort of anxious to see what the feller looks like. Well, whereabouts is that country he's from, Hindu? I don't know. India, I think. Oh, well, I know some people from... No. Huh? Nothing. I was thinking about India, and I know some folks from there. This is a foreign country. You saw pictures of folks from there, Hindu fakers, they call them. I don't believe I ever seen one. You know, they wear bandages on their heads. Turbans, they call them. Well? Sit around on boards full of nails all the time, eat glass and stuff like that. For the land sakes, well, I'd hate to eat at that restaurant of his, sit around on a chair full of nails and eat glass. Oh, well, running a restaurant in this country, he'd have to have the kind of food we eat. Well, I was aiming on having him over the place for supper while he's here, but he can get broke glass anywhere. And besides, I don't believe Elizabeth know how to cook it if I had him over there. Well, they don't eat that all the time. They more than likely eat other stuff, too, you know. More likely, that's the reason they keep their heads bandaged up. That'd give anybody a headache eating glass. I've heard them fellers can take a rope and throw it up in the air, and it'll stay there just like a flagpole sticking right straight up in the air. What's it tied to? Ain't tied to nothing. And then they can climb right up to the top of it. They climb right... Are you feeling all right, Lom? That's the truth. They do it. 
Nobody's ever figured out how they do it, neither. I don't believe it. They even sleep on boards with nails sticking up all over them. Like Ain't they that. got no hammers to knock them down with? They don't want to knock them down. They sort of enjoy torturing themselves for some reason. Well. I've heard about them standing on one foot all their life, punishing themselves that way for something. Well, a crane must be a Hindu, then. They stand on one foot that way. Hold one arm up over their head all their lives. And some of them stare at the sun all the time. Hey, dog, it's worth $500 to see somebody like that, you know it. I believe you made a good deal, um. Uh, uh, can, can he stand with both feet off the floor? Of course not. How in the world would he do something like that? Well, the same way he climbs that rope when it ain't tied to nothing, I reckon. Well, I don't know where he does all them tricks or not. Squire never said. All Squire claimed he could do is heal broke bones. Well, your leg ain't sure enough broke, Lum. Why didn't you just get somebody to make out like they was a miracle man? Well, I wouldn't want to fool nobody. Or, I don't know. I hadn't thought about that. You could have got somebody for a heap less than $500. Granny, yeah. But it's too late now. Squire's done hard the feller. Yeah. Well, reckon where he's going to stay while he's in town. I don't know. Over at Sister Simpson's boarding house, I reckon. Well, you better be making arrangements for him in long. She ain't got no beds with nails sticking up in them. You want him to be comfort while he's here, don't you? Well, I've heard some of these drummers talking about how uncomfort them beds are over there. They might just suit the prince. Yeah. And instead of sitting on a chair full of nails... He wants to just torture himself something uncommon-like while he can just sit there in the parlor and listen to Sister Simpson gab all evening. <laughs> It'd be worse than sitting on any nails. Oh, there he is. Huh? Squire, coming up on the porch. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there he is. Come in, Squire. Howdy, Squire. Come on back and sit. Well, good afternoon, gentlemen. Good afternoon. You heard any more from the Prince, Squire? Oh, no, no, but I didn't expect too long. The deal's all set. He'll be here, don't worry about that. I take it that you told Abner about our plan. Yeah, but he ain't gonna say nothing about it to nobody. Won't breathe it to a soul. See, he already knowed my leg wasn't sure enough broke. Yes, yes, well, that's all right, just so that nobody else knows about it. I've been thinking about that, Squire. Instead of having a public demonstration down in the park, uh, the prince curing my broke leg with a miracle, why wouldn't it be better to have it over to the schoolhouse? Over to the schoolhouse. Yeah, we can have some entertainment of some kind over there and get a big crowd, and then you can introduce the prince as a friend of yours from India, wherever he's from. Yeah, it's India, that's right. And tell him that he heals broke bones. If there's anybody there that's got a broke bone, I have him come up and you'll cure him. That's when I'll step up out of the audience and walk up on the platform. Well, sir, that's not a bad idea, Lum. And as far as entertainment goes, you know the prince is quite a magician. He could entertain the crowd for quite a while with his magic tricks. Magic and, tricks? Oh, yes, there's all kinds of magic, yes. I never knowed he was trained. Yes, does everything. And to climax his act, then he could call for somebody from the audience to come up and that he'll demonstrate his power of healing. Well. You can come forward after he waves a few magic gestures over your leg. You remove the bandages, throw away your crutches, and walk down off the platform a well-man. Aye, grannies, that sounds good, Squire. We sounds might even good. charge a little admission. Yeah. Advertise it well, might pick up a few dollars that way, Lum. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm paying for getting him down here. If we charge admission, I get the money, though. 
Yes, well, I think we'll split it, Lama. Split it. Enough. Yes, it's 60-40 for me. And speaking of finances, that reminds me what I came aware for, too. Our check came this morning, Lum. Our check? Yes, uh, the $100 from the insurance company. It is right here, $100, Bill Edward. It's all yours. Uh, that is, unless, of course, you want to divide some of it with me for sending in the claim and all, you know. Oh, well, here, Squire, I don't want this money. I ain't got nothing coming from them. No. Well, uh, well, I was in hopes that's what you'd say, Lum. I think under the circumstances that's the best thing to do. Now, it's made out to you, so you just endorse it here on the back, uh, write your name right there, and I'll mail it back to the insurance company. Well, I- I'll mail it to them. Sir. Oh, no, no, you better let me attend to that, Lum. You write a letter in there, and you might say the wrong thing, and then they'll catch on that your leg isn't really broken and get into a lot of trouble. Yeah. No, now, you just let me handle it. Here, put your endorsement right there on the back, and I'll see that everything's taken care of. All right, Squire. I just hate to put you to all that bother. Oh, no bother at all. No bother at all, um. Glad to help you. Always glad to help a friend. Yeah, here you are. Yes, yes, that's fine. Thank you, Lum. Now, whatever you do, Lum, don't mention this to a soul. Nor you either, Abner. Well, if Lum endorses that check there, why... Nothing. Well, yes, yes, that's all right. Now, don't worry about that, Abner. And now, don't forget, Lum... Don't write to that insurance company, whatever you do. No, I won't, but uh, I want to tell you how I appreciate you looking after this for me, Squire. Oh, tut, tut. Uh, Grannies, if I could afford it, Squire, I'd see that you get something out of this deal. Well, maybe Squire's intentions are good, but knowing him as we do, we can't be too sure, can we? And while we're on the subject of being certain, are you sure that you're getting your full daily quota of vitamins A and D? Well, you know, most people don't get enough. Well, now, by taking just one, one one-a-day brand, vitamin A and D tablet each day, you can be absolutely sure you're getting more than the amount necessary to meet your full normal daily requirements. That is 50% more than your minimum daily needs. Yet in spite of their high vitamin content, one-a-day brand vitamin A and D tablets are amazingly low in cost. One tablet a day is all you take, and one penny a day is all it costs. Thirty tablets, only 35 cents. Ninety tablets, only 85 cents. And a hundred and eighty tablets, only a dollar and fifty cents. So... Why pay more? Why be bothered by taking three or four or even more tablets or capsules a day to meet your A and D requirements when one one one-a-day tablet is all you need? So ask your druggist for one-a-day brand vitamin A and D tablets right away and say, while you're in his store, you better get a package of Alka-Seltzer tablets too. Eighty-two years ago, October 24th, 1941, yes, Squire's not getting anything out of any of this. Lemon Abner here on Classic Radio Theater with Wyatt Cox. Our webpage, classicradio.stream. Our uh, 
our uh, you'll find our social media links there. You can learn about building a classic radio collection of your own. If you'd like to help support this broadcast, you can buy me a copy. That's at classicradio.stream. Have yourself a great day. Tell all your friends the greatest radio shows of all time are right here at this spot on the dial. Classic Radio Theater with Wyatt Cox.